Nature is Satan's church. Do you know what you're saying? You shouldn't underestimate him. members and welcome back to the final episode of the nightlight horror movie club because i'm not talking to ariana anymore or any of you guys i'm not talking to any of you guys because you made me watch the antichrist or antichrist and now i'm damaged are you happy oh damn she really hated it i am damaged i haven't said if i hated it or if i loved it but i have i am damaged i will say this I was surprised. So we we had this on a poll with Malignant and with Mother, our divisive horror movie poll. And then we had another poll that was like, um, should we still do Antichrist? Because it only lost by one vote. And people literally became Patreons to vote for this. They did. And I created another poll where I jokingly threw killer clowns. <laughs> At the end of it, because when me and Kate were talking about it, she was jokingly like, LOL, and also Killer Clowns. And I didn't think people would vote for Killer Clowns, but they (laughs) did. And it ended up tying with Antichrist again. So I made another poll just for the VPs and it tied. Because VPs get tie-breaking power. Yeah. And then that poll tied. It freaking tied again. Oh my God. Double overtime. And then my dad called (laughs) and my dad has been a secret anonymous patreon this whole time which is very cute and he's never um like made comments about what we're covering he just kind of lets me do my thing but he called me specifically to say hey i can't get patreon to work um but can you make my vote for antichrist (laughs) (laughs) Eh, to father (laughs) and let's be honest the real reason everyone's voting for this is because they know that it's going to be upsetting and I'm going to be upset. (laughs) Well, congratulations, everyone. I'm upset. I think it's because people I think it's a combination of people who actually like it because I feel like this is a very divisive movie and I feel like half of the people actually do like this movie. I think a big part of it is people who are have heard things and they're too afraid to watch it and Mm -hmm. they want us to cover it Mm -hmm. so that they can at least hear what goes on before they actually commit to watching it. Yes. So let me just explain a couple of things. Um, So today we're covering Antichrist. Obviously, this is an extremely disturbing, highly controversial horror art film by Lars von Trier, who we will talk about a lot. And I have a lot of things to say, but just before we dive in um, to this monstrosity, uh, let me just give a couple of trigger warnings uh, for child loss, genital mutilation. Um, There's a lot going on in this movie. And so if you aren't sure if you can handle this movie, then now is a really good opportunity for um, you to experience what I experienced. I'll suffer for you and I'll warn you and I'll tell you, don't watch it. Don't watch this movie. You can watch it. It's not that bad. Also, if you listen to this episode, we're going to tell you what happens and you'll be prepared. Yeah. So we're going to talk about all of it. And I figured we could kind of go through the movie because I have a lot to say about the director. Okay. um, But I don't want it to influence the story. The plot. Yes. Right. Makes sense. But don't worry. We're going to circle back to old Lars because I have a lot to say about him. (laughs) You are obsessed with him, right? You love this guy. 
I mean, I liked Melancholia. I think I saw this one before I saw Melancholia and I watched Melancholia because I liked this movie. So, I mean, (laughs) I do like him. I haven't seen the third movie in this trilogy, though, but it's definitely on the list. So this like Lars von Trier, he's this Danish filmmaker and he's known for this type of movie being very provocative, very explicit, very visceral, very artsy and graphic. That's like kind of what he's that's his thing. And he has eight Academy Award nominations, eight She's pissed about it. I'm furious. I'm so furious. Ariana was watching me as we were doing our sound check for this episode. And I was making like the grumpiest frowny face. And she's like, what is that face? (laughs) Me and Kay made the mistake of watching the movie immediately prior to recording. Mm -hmm. And so we're both depressed as fuck. Yeah, we're both in bad moods. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and listen, I'm, I totally, and here's the thing. I'm going to have a lot of hot opinions <laughs> about this movie. Ariana is also going to have a lot of hot opinions about this movie. And I think that we're going to have a little disagreement. We're going to fight. We're going to fight. <laughs> so I hope you guys are ready for a fight. But also, if you love this movie or it's really special to you, like, that's fine. And you can like what you like. And that's totally cool. But I do hate you for it. And I'm mad at you. <laughs> As long as, all right, now that we're on the same page. Don't say that. I'm just Don't kidding. say that because now everyone's going to vote for things that going to make you happy and it's going to make you rant about how much you love it. Well, and we it. need stuff from both sides. We need- You're totally right. Killer clowns and we need antichrist, scary, bullshit, creepy, allegorical, artsy nonsense. You're absolutely right. Like, because I would never- pick something with this much fucking symbolism ever like it makes my <laughs> head spin so that's what you're here you're you're here you're the elevated horror you're the fucked up shit and i'm over here just like slashers with ma- machetes and everything's cute and maybe there's a werewolf there yeah guys in the venn diagram that is kate and me and our likes of horror movies this is very much on my side of the venn diagram and Far as fuck away from Kate's life. It's like on the line. It's like the black line on your circle. It's like almost out of the bubble. Yeah. I wish it was out of the bubble, but here we are. (laughs) I mean, I knew you were going to feel this way about this movie. I watched Melancholia with you, didn't I? Yes. You not. You keep asking if you if that happened. I remember that experience vividly. Because Nick and I were, like, depressed for a week after it. I feel like Nick liked it. Wait, you have to tell me if Nick liked this movie. I need to know. Do you want me to tell you now? Yes. Okay. Well, first, let me say, Lars von Trier, he has a... It's like an unofficial trilogy, kind of. It's called... Depression Trilogy. Yeah, the Depression Trilogy (laughs) is literally what it's called. The Depression Trilogy. And it starts with Antichrist, which is this movie, um, in 2006. And then Melancholia, which I watched with Ariana. 2009. Oh, 2009. It was written in 2006. You're right. Um, So this came out in 2009. Then he did Melancholia in 2011, which I watched with Ariana... Where she just flew in to visit, popped that on, laughed at me <laughs> being absolutely horrified for two hours, and then flew out the next morning. <laughs> Melancholia is also not terrible. It's just depressing as fuck, but that's like my vibe and definitely not Kate's vibe. Depressing as fuck. So depressing. And then there's a third movie in the trilogy called Nymphomaniac that was in 2013, which I have no intention of watching. So that's the depression trilogy. And uh, it's called that for for a reason. Yeah. It stars the the female protagonist, or I guess the main character, 
um, in every movie is the same actress. Yeah, Charlotte Gainsbourg. Mm-hmm. Although she was not the original pick for this movie. Yeah, I did see that. I am kind of bummed that she got, I mean, I thought she was amazing and she did get, you know, nominated for a bunch of awards and all of that. Yeah. But I would have loved Eva Green yes. in this. Who, oh my God. She was fighting so hard to get this role. Eva yeah. Green, who was originally going to be the female protagonist. So there's two characters essentially in this movie. Three, <laughs> briefly three, um, mostly yeah. two. <laughs> we'll get there. Um, if you know, you know. So there's Willem Dafoe's character who he's just the male protagonist. And then Charlotte Gainsbourg's character who's female and they're unnamed. Yeah. They don't have names the whole movie. It's just Willem and Charlotte. <laughs> he and she is literally what they're credited like their characters' names are. Yeah. Speaking of the credits, Ariana, what did I send you? <laughs> oh my God. Let me read it. I can't wait. This is like pretty much sums up. I knew Kate was going to hate this movie just because she sent me this fucking screenshot. <laughs> I took a screenshot. So I watched the movie like two hours ago and then I sat there in horror watching through the credits. So I actually like read all of the credits and there's an entire section called the research section. Why don't you read some things off of that research section? <laughs> research on misogyny research on mythology and evil research on anxiety research on horror films research on music research on theology therapeutic consultants <laughs> these are all separate people that were hired for these separate roles to research these separate devastating things i love it and then obviously yeah. like a bunch of therapy consultants yeah therapeutic consultants it's like well if you need to talk to someone I didn't know if that meant like we need someone to like weigh in on how therapy is performed because this movie is very like heavy in managing depression and anxiety and like, you know, but I don't know if that's what that meant or if it was literally like people standing there being like, if you need to talk to someone like I'm here. It's not that one. <laughs> it's not that one. Willem Dafoe's character, he is a therapist, like his character is a therapist. And so it's the, con the consultant was for Willem Dafoe. Got it. That makes sense. And training for him. And like he would go to like cognitive behavioral therapy sessions like with mm. other people and just like watch, mm. which is weird. That is weird. Yeah. So if you if you were thinking, oh, that's nice that they had like a therapist on set for these actors for this really fucked up movie. <laughs> nope. nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, they didn't. That makes sense because I felt like Willem Dafoe was very convincing as a therapist. Like everything he mm -hmm. said, I was like, yeah, I, I could see a therapist saying that shit. Yeah. Because they do. Yeah. And the way he said it as well. Maybe. I don't think they actually say any of the things they, that he says, because some of it I'm like, is this therapy? But the way he says it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess that's the point, right? Like he's he's a little bit flawed in some of his techniques and that's why shit hits the fan. Is that the point? What's the point? <laughs> that's not the whole that's not the whole point, but that's part of the point. I mean, he is a flawed character. I do want to say, like, there are a lot of different interpretations of this movie. I have read so many that like my head is spinning and I really don't know how I feel or which way is up. But let's talk before we go into like the plot, I want to just like I really want to reiterate that this is a fucked up movie. Let's talk about ratings and censorship. Yeah. Okay. Ariana probably knows this, but there were two separate cuts of this movie. Mm -hmm. And they were called the Catholic cut. <laughs> <laughs> which is the less explicit cut where they took out a lot of really graphic scenes. And then the Protestant cut, which is the uncut version. Um, and it was released um, in the UK. They released it uncut and they have what's essentially like the motion picture association of America, which like the MPAA does the ratings. Yeah. They rate, they do the ratings. It's, it's all made up, but they do the ratings. 
And in Britain, their basic version of that, they've decided to leave it uncut. And I thought it was actually really interesting. Um, So this guy, David Cook, who's part of that film classification or group or whatever, he said that basically the film doesn't contain any anything that's illegal or that poses significant harm risk to adults. Like there's strong sexual imagery, um, but it's brief. I disagree with that. I really disagree with that. It's not brief. I mean, each scene is brief. I mean, there's many scenes. There's like 18 scenes, (laughs) all lasting (laughs) 10 to 30 seconds. (laughs) Also, just in case, I don't know if we've said this before, but it's not simulated sex. This is unsimulated sex in this movie. Wait, it's real? Yes, this is real sex. There is unsimulated sex. They had two um, actors that are in the credits. Um, They're not, they're credited as body doubles. They were called the porno doubles during production. Oh, shit. And they would be like the genitalia for the unsimulated (gasps) sex scenes. Oh my God, wait, but did you know that they had to get someone whose penis was smaller than Willem Dafoe's because Lars von Trier thought Willem Dafoe's penis was too big and it would distract the audience. Are you serious? I'm full ass serious. I can't. I'm still. All right. To be clear, even after this movie, I am still in love with Willem Dafoe. <laughs> I agree, but I think it would have been great if it was like him and Eva Green because they're like on the same level. Yes. And I think it would have been a lot more popular and a lot more people would have seen it. Yes. To be clear, I think that the actress was fabulous, but I do think Eva Green would have been fabulous. Yeah. I think it would have been more star power, but she was fucking amazing. She was amazing. Well, speaking of um, star power, do you know how this movie did? Because we've talked about it's, con- it's very controversial. I, I didn't go too much into like the critics I because they were just so divided. Like people either really, you really love this movie. You think it's artsy. You think it's brilliant or you think it's disgusting, disturbing garbage. Yeah. <laughs> so how much knowing that and knowing that it's gotten so all these mixed reviews. Some people laughed at it during the film premiere. At, at least four people fainted. Some people yeah. walked out. So mixed reception with a budget of 3.4 million. What kind of box office do you think? Hmm. Oh, and, and let me, let me preface this. I will say this is, this is national box office. So United States and in the United States, it wasn't, they didn't submit it to the um, motion picture association of America. So who would have rated it because they knew that it would get an NC-17, NC-17. rating. Yeah. yeah. If you guys mm-hmm. aren't from um, the, the States, NC-17 basically means like this is pornographic. <laughs> so if it's rated R, that means you can see it with your parent if you're under 17, but NC-17 means no child under 17, meaning like even if you're 16 and your parents are there, you can't see it. Yes, <laughs> correct. Which would have been an apt reading for this movie. Yeah. I mean, it's just the sex. Like, okay, we'll talk about it later. But it's not just the sex. <laughs> I I very much don't understand why people are upset about this movie as much as they are, but that's just me. I guess we'll talk about it later. I guess we'll talk about it. So (laughs) buckle up because I think it's time that we just dive into what this movie is about. All right. Do you have a movie teaser? Sure. I will say a couple (laughs) experiences a sudden loss and they take to the woods to grieve. (laughs) Kate can't even wrap her brain. How can this movie be summed up in two sentences? Things get worse. (laughs) Hijinks ensue. No, I got one. All right. (laughs) <laughs> it's a very wacky movie. You pretty much said what I was going to say, but it's a couple retreats to a cabin in the woods to decompress after the accidental death of their young son. They experience visions and increasingly violent and sexual behavior. Yep. 
It's like plus a bunch of other shit. And a lot of other things that. <laughs> and a lot of other things. A lot of other things. And man, do I have notes. So as some of you know, I do keep a notebook oh, God. that I scribble <laughs> in. Oh, do you want me to tell you what Nick thought of this movie? Because I do have. Yes. Tell me, please. He's still processing. Yeah, I was going to say, he's probably still processing because I remember when we watched Melancholia, like the next morning he was like, do you think this and this and this about what happened at this point? I'm like, oh my God, he's still thinking about this. Yeah, he's still, (laughs) he hasn't said like more than two words since that movie ended. What was his general like demeanor? Like if you had to read his vibe after, was it like a, that was cool vibe or was it like a, I'm going to go kill myself? It was like furrowed brow, upset. (laughs) Concerned. Not angry, just upset. <laughs> oh, he was upset. Like in a negative way. And then he went to his video game chair and played Rocket League. And I was like, oh, okay. Good for you. <laughs> he seems minimally disturbed. <laughs> mm, no, it's he takes more time to like I was immediately viscerally angry. Um <laughs> he is different than I am. He takes time. He he like processes. He doesn't just react like I do. So who knows? Maybe I'll feel differently next week but probably not i don't think you will because you still hate me for making you watch melancholia and this is the same vibe if not worse this is way worse than melancholia really why i just i don't understand all right um i don't know maybe jacking off an unconscious man until he ejaculates blood (laughs) maybe that (laughs) yeah i will tell you that is one of the only things i remember when i first Uh watched this i was I was definitely drunk i think when i first watched this (laughs) and i was like the literal only (laughs) thing i remember (laughs) <laughs> I was like, I don't remember what happens, but I do remember that part because it was very disturbing. There are so many things that I can't unsee. Eh. And that is one of them. You know, this is how I feel about it. And we'll talk about this more at the end. At least it's not a literal child masturbating with a crucifix. And this is 50 years after that shit. Yeah, you love that shit, though. You love The Exorcist. That's what I mean, though. Like, okay, The Exorcist is like crazy and terrible and blah, blah, blah. This movie is nothing like that. It's not even close at all. It's worse. No, it's not. <laughs> like, I understand why that would be disturbing for people in the 70s. But this is like, there's only like maybe two scenes that come even close to that. And it's not the same at all. Ariana, I love you to bits and pieces. I love you so much. I value you. You are such a beautiful black cat of a human. But no, Nick literally covered his head for, I would say like a cumulative 15 minutes of this movie. Really? Different scenes because there are so many horrifying different scenes that I don't want to spoil. We'll talk we'll talk about I it. I think that you don't absorb that stuff as much. You're like that's so cool and you you're like really you're like all up in your head and you're thinking about it. Yeah. And some of us <laughs> <laughs> see those things and are scarred <laughs> for life. So, you know, tomato potato. Damn. Do you feel about this movie how I feel about like torture movies? Yes. Really? Oh, yes. so this isn't like you're like upset and like a funny that was <laughs> fucked up kind of way. Like you're actually like that really disturbed me. Like I'm fucked up now. I'm not fucked up now. I, I was fucked up before I started this movie. I mean, yeah, more. I, I will say it didn't help. <laughs> it didn't help. It didn't help. And I, I will also say that there was some stuff that I liked about this movie. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. There were some pros. Yes. There were some cons. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, maybe we should tell people what it's about. Mm -hmm. All right, everyone. Buckle up. Buckle up. It's really not bad. It's really not bad. Yeah, it is. Here we go. A Seattle couple 
the woman, as we talked about, played by Charlotte Gainsbourg, and the man is Willem Dafoe, who I will be referring to as Willem Dafoe from now on. For sure. Because he does not have a name. <laughs> no. Um, so the opening scene is awesome. It's oh <laughs> this, my God. this is just filled with my fucking opinion. So like, I apologize, <laughs> Kate, you'll have to point shit out to me because whatever. We are both biased in the opposite direction. In the opposite direction. <laughs> just point out my, yeah, point out my bias as we go. But, yeah, same. So this scene is like this artsy shower sex scene. It's immediate graphic, penetrative, unsimulated sex. Sure. Yeah. In slow motion and black and white while an opera is singing. Okay. It's less than a half a second of P and V. Less than mm, a half a second. Felt like longer. Yeah. I mean, it's mostly shots of her face, his face, water dripping. It's like slow-mo. It's in black and white. It's like very artsy. Butt cheeks everywhere. Sure. Yeah. There's a lot of butts. A in lot this. of butt cheeks. And it's slow motion and an opera, like an aria is playing and it's it's just so much. And it's snowing. Wait, do you know what song this is? Ah, no, I don't. Okay, I looked it up. I know it's a sad opera aria. It is. It's called Ronaldo is the opera, and yeah. it's by Handel. Yeah. And the it's in Italian, the name of it. I wrote it down. It's called Lassia Cio Pianga, which means let me weep. Sad. And it's cool and it's creepy and it's haunting. And I'm gonna I'll read you the lyrics to it at the end <laughs> of the just a little treat. We'll get real deep into this shit. <laughs> anyway, so they're having shower sex. And meanwhile, it's like cutting to their toddler son, whose name is Nick, who is climbing up to a window. And then it shows him like falling to his death out of the window. But it's a beautiful scene because it's like in slow-mo. They don't really show like movement. It's like almost like pictures, but like 3D pictures and like it's snowing outside and it's in black and white and it's really interesting and cool. And I think it's a really pretty scene. But... I think it's a beautiful scene. Yeah. I think it's the most beautiful scene in the movie. Um, yeah, it is. It yeah. did. That is whenever I started my OMG count. <laughs> I started a tally of every time I said, oh, my God, out loud. Like good. Oh, my God. Or no. bad, or both. Like, like just oh, just. Oh, my God. Um, and so th this is not counting me screaming. No. Or. Stop or <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Not, none of those. Just my OMG count, 20. <laughs> and six of those were the prologue, which is this scene. Casual. Yeah, that's because you weren't prepared. I feel like you were prepared, but you weren't prepared. I don't think I could have been prepared. Really? Okay. No. Okay. It is sad. Like, I don't have a child, but, you know, um, it's sad when a child dies in a movie. It's always like a tremendous bummer. But you, you see it happening... <laughs> It's like 10 minutes of watching this child fall to his death. And I'm like, oh, my God. It literally is like a 10 minute long scene of orgasm faces on Willem Dafoe and Charlotte Gainsbourg in the shower and then cutting to a child falling from a window in like this artsy music, depressing flashback vibe. It's awesome. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. <laughs> But you know, I love a horror movie that starts with a, a family tragedy. Ew, like, I love that shit. That's so dark, Ariana. <laughs> it's it's dark, but it's real. It's like they realize that like the real horror, what really gets people is like imagining yourself in those, you know, scenarios like in, you know, Hereditary Midsummer. Like yeah. these things fuck with you. Yeah. Babadook. All right. To name a few. I like all of those movies. I know. I know. It adds to the movie, I think, because it 
it's, you know, it makes you right out of the gate. You're like, fuck. All right. I thought this was a really strong opening. Yeah. I will give it that. I thought this was a strong opening. Yeah. So then it cuts to like them at the kid's funeral and Willem Dafoe is like crying and like expressing his feelings and the mother's in the back and she is kind of holding in her grief. And then she like collapses as she's walking and she spends the next month in a mental facility and she's crippled by what her psychiatrist terms as atypical grief. Mm -hmm. And we learn that Willem Dafoe's character is also a therapist, although he's not a doctor and he's not her doctor. So she's like in her own kind of mental facility Mm -hmm. right now. And he's like visiting her. She's there for a month. Yeah, she's there for a month. And she doesn't, she's not like mentally aware because he's like brings up that something happened and she's like, oh my God, like, wasn't that yesterday? And he's like, no, you've been here for a month. Like, she's just very out of it. Yeah. She's not lucid. Yeah, definitely not. So he decides he thinks he can do a better job than her current psychiatrist. So he takes her out of the hospital and brings her home to help her through things. There's a scene where she's like throwing her drugs in the toilet. So I guess he says like, let's do, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy and just that and not use meds. And so she throws her drugs away and he watches her do it. So it's like, okay, he's on board with this plan. I don't know. Don't do that, by the way, you guys. You need both. You probably. need both. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just rely on one or the other. Oh my, that's not how it works. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> If I had a pen and like, I don't do people behavior, I do animal behavior, but I cannot tell you how many times I have one or the other. I'll have someone who's like, I just want a pill that's going to fix it. That's going to fix my dog's anxiety. And I'm like, that's not how it works. Or I don't want to give my dog any medications. I just want to train. Train it. Yeah. And I'm like, right. That doesn't work whenever there's diagnosed anxiety. You're like both, please. You need both of them together. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. flushing Mm -hmm. your meds that your uh, psychiatrist prescribed you down the toilet, bad move. Yeah, not not a good move. I mean, it's okay. She didn't really, she wasn't lucid in the hospital. Like who's to say whether that's her grief or her meds. But that being said, like you're at home now, you can take your meds and also talk to your husband about your feelings. It's fine. I guarantee that her doctor didn't tell her to do that. So (laughs) that's all I'm saying. Oh yeah, no, I agree. Willem Dafoe probably did, but he definitely um, did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He was, he's like, I don't trust this guy. He's just out of medical school. And I'm like, you're not a psychiatrist. Like you're not a doctor. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So he's kind of doing like grief counseling with her and inappropriate. um, That's so inappropriate. Yeah. It's super fucking weird because they're always doing it. And then it just like descends into sex, which is like so fucking weird and gross and like not helpful to her because she keeps like distracting him from their sessions with sex and she like gets really upset and when she's feeling her feelings she tries to like distract herself and him with like just very forceful sex very violent sex yeah like increasingly out of the blue violent sex yeah it's very random and you can tell i mean he knows it too at some point he says like stop trying to distract me so like he knows yeah. that she's not doing it out of love or whatever she's doing well, it sometimes she's like weeping if the yeah. whole movie she's wailing the entire movie it's just like shot after shot of her just like wailing on the ground hereditary she's style. such a good actress she's fabulous oh my God. but i couldn't handle another scene of her on the ground wailing i was going to lose it like it was like testing my patience yeah it's a lot. And, and then like while she's having sex, half the time she's crying. And I'm like, stop. Yeah. Don't have sex with your wife right now. Like, 
I know. I was going to say that's on Willem Dafoe. That's totally that is all of this yeah. is on him. It ultimately yeah. makes me angry. Yeah, it's kind of fucked. See, that's what I mean. He's a flawed character for sure. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? <laughs> a lot. So, She's going to do a lot. <laughs> she reveals like one of their, during one of their sessions, she reveals that one of her greatest fears is nature. So he convinces her that they have to go to the woods for exposure therapy. And that's yeah. like why they decide to go to this cabin. Yeah, it's like they have a cabin in the woods. And also, I'm, I'm so sorry. Ariana, I know that you love this movie and I'm sorry, but when when the woods was called Eden Woods, I could not have rolled my eyes hard enough. Yeah, that was stupid. That was like, this is about to be real allegorical, but it, it upset me because the rest of it wasn't... Like, it would be one thing if it was like so many allegories referencing the Genesis story. I would have been here for it. I would have been like, give me all of that shit. But the fact that that was like almost one of the only things in like a reference to original sin, it was like, okay, you need to commit to like one theme. Yes. That is exactly how I feel about honestly, this entire movie is I'm like, you're doing so much, but what are you saying? Like, what are you actually trying to say? Yeah. But we'll, we'll talk about that more. I mean, I have a theory. Yeah. I have a theory of what I think his main Point was, but I mean, we can talk about it, I guess. Um, okay. So yes, the, the woods that their cabin is in, it's like in the middle of fucking nowhere. Technically this was supposed to be in like the Pacific Northwest, but I think it was filmed in Germany. So you kind of have the idea of what things look like. No, honey, this was filmed everywhere. This was filmed in Denmark, France, Germany, Italy, Poland, and Sweden. But it's only like one place. Yeah, I know. It's excessive. And it was filmed over 40 days. So all of uh, Lars von Trier's movies are filmed in Europe because he's got... he. I'll talk about him at the end, personally. I'm going to talk about him. But one thing you need to know about him is he's got like a ton of anxieties, depression, phobias. He actually yeah. wrote this. He wrote this movie, the script for Antichrist while he was hospitalized for a severe depressive episode. That's pretty great. Sure. And he has a really bad fear of flying, so he will not travel for his films. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. That's very interesting. So he just drove all over Europe to film a movie that could have taken place in a single cabin. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, why? Yeah. Just stay in Germany. Just pick any woods. Pick one. (laughs) Pick one. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. So they're in Eden and they're like hiking there and they get there and it's revealed that this is where the woman spent her previous summer um, and she was attempting to write a thesis about gynocide, which I had never heard that word before. I actually had to Google it. I was like, what's gynocide? Yeah, I had to Google it too. I thought it was genocide, but misspelled at first. (laughs) Well, when I saw the word, I was like, in my head, I just autofill genocide. And then later he said, I think he either said gynocide or they showed it. And I was like, oh, yeah. I also was like gynocide. Maybe that means like something with the genitalia or the uterus or something. That's what I thought. Yeah. Like a, like a gynecologist. Right. But it's just like basically the term for the historical mass killings of women, like the Salem witch trials and shit like that. And that's what her research was on. Just um, all of all of history leading up until now and including now. <laughs> yeah. That gynocide. That's a reference to something. What's that a reference to? That's from Broad City, obviously. Broad City, yeah. yeah. And she was also talking about... Oh, yeah, I do remember that. The objectification of women up until now and including now. And also including now. And also including right now. (laughs) Yeah. 
Anyway, so she spent the summer there writing her thesis about gynocide with their child. And this was the summer previous. Mm -hmm. And so you're like, oh, this is why she doesn't want to go here because she like spent the summer here with her kid. And that's like what you're meant to assume or whatever. But Mm -hmm. turns out not the case. (laughs) Um, So when they're like hiking, Willem Dafoe sees a doe that has a stillborn deer hanging halfway out of her and it's like dead, but it's like still hanging there. So... We're starting with the allegories. <laughs> well, yeah, we're we're about the allegories are coming at you guys. They're coming at you. They're coming at you full force. I hope you have a pen and paper like I did to keep track of all the fucking allegories in this movie. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. So the doe represents, I'm trying to remember, grief. I think it's grief personified because there's a doe, a crow, and a fox. Crow is despair, the deer is grief, and the fox is pain. So we have a bunch of animal allegories coming at you. Coming right at your face. And also, just as a side note, we kind of talked about it, but this is split into like parts of the movie, which is like how he does all of his depression trilogies. Like, I think Melancholia did this too, but he'll like literally stop the movie and put like a screen that just says the depression. Yeah, it's chapters. So prologue and then there was chapter one i forget what chapter one was i think it was grief i think it's grief it was grief grief. yeah Yeah, because then we Mm -hmm. see the deer we see the the doe with the fawn the dead the stillborn fawn fawn just dangling out of her yeah horrifying um and then oh you know we'll get there when we get there i guess now yeah because chapter two is pain because that's the end pain right so we'll get we'll get to why that's called pain Mm -hmm. but yikes but anyway so (laughs) They're in the cabin and he's still giving her like sessions of therapy and shit's getting worse and her grief <laughs> is worsening. And she's like having these fits of violence and like forcibly having sex with him. Like a lot, like so much. A lot. And he starts having these strange experiences and visions and he starts hearing like thousands of acorns falling onto the house in the middle of the night um, and it wakes him up. And then he like, tries to open the window or close the window and he leaves his hand outside and then he wakes up with his hand covered in ticks, which really, so I will say when I was drunk and watched this movie the first time, the only two things I remembered were, was the dick scene and the tick scene. (laughs) That was it. I was like, dicks and ticks. That's all I know about this fucking movie. Guys, Guys, there were like probably 20 engorged ticks on this guy's hand when he woke up. Oh my God. It was so gross. It was, it was so gross. Horrible. So many diseases. <laughs> so many diseases. So Ariane and I, and I are veterinarians and we deal with a lot of tick-borne diseases because dogs and cats and animals get ticks. Um, so it, whenever you go to a vet clinic, I you don't know this, but there's probably a tick jar in the treatment there area. Is. There's a tick jar. Mm-hmm. So a tick jar is something I have worked in so many clinics and every single clinic has one. It's just a jar. All the ticks that we pull off of dogs, we, we put them in this jar of alcohol to kill them. But then it's almost like a gross collection. It's like a prized collection. Oh, we throw ours out. What the fuck? You keep them? Yes. <laughs> and not only do we keep them and like, it's not, I didn't start this. Like I have worked yeah. at, at least four places I've worked have had tick jars um, and I've used them. And they're usually like labeled and everyone's really proud of like the biggest tick in there or whatever. Our job is gross. <laughs> and But I do have a quick story about how I made it grosser, which was I was starting a new job that had a tick jar and someone was showing it to me and they handed it to me and it was a glass tick jar. And Did I, you pretend to drink it? I dropped it. <gasps> no. And it shattered. They were like, you're fired. Get out. We and ticks hire. went 
everywhere. Oh, God. How many ticks? Nasty and gorge ticks went all over the floor. This was like my first day. Jesus Christ. I no longer work there for different reasons, but that wasn't a good first impression. <laughs> so that's what I was thinking out as think about as Willem Dafoe is pulling off 20 ticks. Where did he put them? Just outside? He just, just threw them outside? Just released them back. I was thinking about the ticks whenever they were walking around the woods because they're walking through like waist high brush and like looking at they deer. They were like sleeping in the woods yeah. and shit, running around naked. Laying like, down in the grass. Bro. Y'all need, if y'all are doing that, y'all better do a tick check because you, you got ticks. Check the yeah, crannies. every night. <laughs> every night. Yeah. For real. Or like wait six weeks and go to your doctor and get tested for everything. <laughs> Which at that point. There's no way. You're fucked. Just start doxycycline. If you're if you're gonna look at the woods, <laughs> just just start yeah, taking doxycycline. Just prophylactic doxy when you go into these doxycycline and deet. <laughs> Yikes! Yeah. So then he goes outside and he sees a fox and it's eating its own disemboweled intestines. Ew! 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 Wait, Kate. Since you had a vet story, I have a story. You don't want to know though. I feel like people don't want to know this story. It's really bad. It's so much worse than yours. What is yeah. it? So when I was an intern, my intern mate told me a story about how when he was a student, he saw a dog when he was a fourth year that was eviscerated and then stepped on GI it. obstructed on its own intestines. Like ate its own intestines? Ate its own intestines. So it was eviscerated. It was an outdoor dog. It ate its own intestines, which is something animals do because they, I think it's an instinct so that they can make sure that nothing- No predators can are coming. smell them, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. So they consume their own intestines. Anyway, so this dog came in. It somehow made it multiple days without becoming septic. Oh my and God. when they were in the abdomen doing the surgery to reconstruct everything, the dog had a literal stomach that was distended with its own ingested intestines. Isn't that great? That's disgusting. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Should we cut all this out? I just bummed out everybody. No, no. I want people to I guess know. if you're listening to the Antichrist episode, do you, you know, here understand? Do you understand why I don't like this shit now? Like, <laughs> <laughs> ew, like, ew, fucking ew. I will say I was supposed to watch this movie because I wanted to give myself time to process it, which I did not, which is why I'm so manic right now. Um, yeah. I'm like manic, but I'm also depressed. I'm feeling a lot of feelings. <laughs> I know. It fucks you up. It fucks you up. I was supposed to watch this movie yesterday, but I had to work an eight to six yesterday at a very, very busy clinic. And I was the only doctor and I was seeing like a bunch of emergencies, including like really graphic emergencies, not dissimilar to what you described, although not as that, that itself didn't happen. But <laughs> then I came home and I was like tired and horrified. I'm like, you know what? I'm just... I'm going to just postpone that. <laughs> You're like, I can't do it. I think tomorrow sounds good. I'm thinking today I make some tea and I play my little plant game. It's just a game where I, I identify plants. It's very fun. Um, I'm just going to do that and sniff my candles. And then tomorrow I'll have a bad time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Can you imagine if you watched this last night? That would have been terrible. No, absolutely. I also didn't want to watch it at night. I knew that. So I was like, perfect. Oh, really? An excuse. T- two excuses to postpone it's this It's not further. scary at night, but I could see how it would be depressing and f- fucking crazy right before you go to bed. Although that's when I watched it the first time. Of course you did. See, I didn't want to watch that and then immediately go to sleep because I that wouldn't happen. <laughs> I would have gone to sleep totally fine. You did that in Melancholia. Whenever you watch Melancholia, first of all, you were yeah. like cackling the whole time, like <laughs> literally laughing at me. And you watch, we watch it at like 11 PM. And then you're like, okay, good night. And then you went to bed and Nick and I are just sitting on the couch. Like, 
I think that's why the next day Nick had to like talk to me about it. He was like, do you think this was about that? I'm like, bro, you're still processing it. Like- <laughs> yes. He, he's, and he's going to be processing. He's going to be talking to me about antichrist all week. And I'm, and I'm going to have to be like, no, you need to text me, text me what he says. I'm going to just have him text you directly. So I, I can be done with Perfect. this movie. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Great. Be like, I don't want to talk about it. Text Ariana. She wants to talk about it for some reason. I'm done. My therapist says I can't talk about this. <laughs> it's good to talk about things though, Kate. Got to get it out. You got to experience <laughs> trauma to talk about the trauma. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's traumatic either way. Anywho, back to the fox. It's eating its own intestines. That's not the end of that scene, by the way. <laughs> there's a fox. It's basically there's some intestines hanging out <laughs> and it's eating its own intestines or whatever. And <laughs> or whatever. Willem Dafoe comes across it and the fox speaks to him, which is a great part. I fucking love this. It's a human man's voice and it's like the lowest voice. And it's like chaos reigns and it's like fucking great and it reminded me of the witch you know what part i'm talking about i do know what part you're talking about it's so fucking cool you get like chills because the whole time you're like is this real or is this in his head and then it talks and you're like okay he's fucking having visions or some shit and do you know whose voice that was probably lars no who guess again guess again uh willem yeah cool willem defoe's own voice speaking to him from a eviscerated fox ew you're like i hate this stop i hate it oh my god i hate it (laughs) and it was it was like so you thought it was very like poignant and beautiful i thought it was the goofiest shit i've ever seen in my life because the the, it doesn't like say it in his head they make the fox open its mouth like it's talking yeah and it looks like homeward bound have you guys ever seen homeward bound that movie from the 90s with like the dogs and the cats it's back in the day it's like back in the airbud days of like talking animals did their mouths move or did they just you just heard their thoughts i don't think their mouths moved yeah you just heard their thoughts okay oh i guess it's not like homeward bound then i would have (laughs) preferred i guess i I guess homeward bound was better You're like, I would have preferred it to be this way. Can we put Homeward Bound on a pole or... But it wouldn't have... It wouldn't have... Yeah, right? (laughs) It wouldn't have thrown people off, though. I think it was like the fucking out of nowhere where you're just like, oh my God, I'm looking at like this fox that's speaking. Now I'm really losing my fucking mind, which is the point. It is the point because I think that's the end of that chapter, Right. Because that because that's the pain chapter and the fox is meant to represent pain. Yes. Joe has like her stillborn like that's grief, like the loss that that represents grief. The fox is literally guts hanging out. That's pain. Mm -hmm. And so that's where we're at so far. Yes. But chaos reigns. I get I think so. I get what they're saying with chaos reigns, which is um, Willem Dafoe's character is this very practical in his mind, very practical character. And he's like trying to like help his manic, depressive, increasingly violent wife. Like she's saying things like the acorns falling on the house are all the children of the oak trees. And I can hear them screaming because she's thinking about her own son who died. And he's like, acorns don't scream. Yeah. This is in your head. And then he goes out and a fox is like, fuck you, bitch. (laughs) Chaos reigns. And he's like, oh, shit. I guess I'm not as fucking stable as I thought. Yeah. And also, I'm not in control of this situation at all. I think like there's a lot of hubris with his character. I think he's very well intended. Yeah. But ultimately misguided. (laughs) Well, that's the thing, right? I think he has a flawed character. And I think a big part of his character flaws arrogance. And she even says that at some point. She's like you came here because you're arrogant. And it's true. Mm -hmm. I mean, he literally was like, 
she was in a facility and she was getting help and she was being treated by people who went to medical school. And he was like, no, I've done more of this than they have. Like, let me take you home. Oh, what's your greatest fear? Let's go fucking immerse ourselves in it. And it's just like, bro, you pushed her over the edge. Yeah. Like she was barely hanging on. She was barely hanging on. You're like, oh, that strand. I'm just going to. Yeah. I'm just going to cut that. And then I'm going to put us in the woods. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Willem Dafoe goes back to the house and he goes into the attic and it's really dark and he's finding drafts of her thesis and he's reading like her notes about her thesis and the writing is just becoming more and more frantic and illegible with time. As I can imagine, Kate's notebook watching this movie. You're so right. More frantic and illegible. Literally, it looks like I am descending into madness with this movie. Like the front of my notes are like so pretty and clean. And then it's just like, what the fuck? Circle, scrawl, (laughs) just nonsense, illegible. Just like not even English. No, no. I'm like, is this runes? What? Oh my God. I love it. This was one of the creepiest scenes in the movie whenever he goes up in the attic. It was awesome. Yes, he goes in the attic. He's seeing like basically her work area is like covered in like images from all time periods. And the images are like depictions of men torturing and murdering women. Mm -hmm. And also like occasional like references to the devil's in certain ways like just like images of like women wearing devil horns and things like i don't really understand how that was thrown up there but we get to that later but Mm -hmm. he's basically comes down and he asks her about it and she reveals that during her studies about genocide gynocide sorry i know um, (laughs) i I, for like the first half of it i thought it was genocide gynocide and it's very important that it is gynocide which is about women right it's women genocide yes gynocide Gynocide. also disappointed we didn't know that word i know same (laughs) like i looked that up and i was like i wish i should have known right like we literally covered episodes about (laughs) salem witch trials like you'd think we'd know we don't know we don't know anything we don't know anything amateur hour over here (laughs) truly Um, So she reveals that she, when she was studying everything, came to believe that women actually deserved all these things because they were inherently evil. Um, So she reveals that while her thesis was originally to talk about like how men were murdering and torturing women and like the psychology behind that, it kind of turned into this thing where she decided that the women were all evil and they all deserved it. It's yeah. like this crazy fucked up thing where it's like, okay. It's it's, it's, prob- it's a problem. It's insane. It's a real problem. And if I was Willem Dafoe at this point, I'd be like, okay, I found your attic. <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to take a quick car trip. <laughs> yeah, like, let's go. I regret my decision. This was my bad. And I think that maybe your doctor was right. And we shouldn't have. Can we unflush those pills real fast? Yeah, let's uh, go ahead and get those back. But I think he's I mean, he's fucking arrogant. He thinks he knows better than everyone. And he, he thinks does. he's in control of the situation when he's not. So. He will say I think he's well intended. Yeah, I really do. Like he clearly loves her a lot. And he's putting himself through absolute hell because she's battering the shit out of him. Like, right. Hitting him, attacking him, having forceful, basically raping him sometimes. Almost it feels raping like, him. Yeah. yeah. It's like really awful to watch. And he's just there. And like, she'll have a panic attack. And then he'll like put his hand on her chest and like 
show her how to breathe. So I think he's well intended, but it's also like, I think we need more than breathing exercises. I don't know if he's doing it for her though, or if he's doing it for himself because it's easy for him to like externalize his own mental illness by like helping other people, which I do feel like a Mm. lot of times, I don't want to be making generalizations, but I do feel like a lot of times it's, it feels good to help other people. And so when you are dealing with your own mental illness, sometimes it helps to help other people through theirs, but maybe it's like, and it could be like a grief thing because he doesn't, other than that one shot of him crying, like as soon as his kid hits the pavement, because yeah, they show it by the way, they show that kid hitting the pavement. They don't show that much, but yeah, they They show show enough. (laughs) They show a body. It's really far away. Right. Spoiler. It's not a real human child (laughs) (laughs) because there's a lot of violence and there's a lot of cool props that are in this movie. Um, but yeah, they did, they did make like a weighted, an, an accurately weighted child to like toss out the oh, window. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because they, I mean, they keep referencing that scene where he's falling. So it needs to fall believably, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Cause they're going to show it about 18 times. So <laughs> they show it the entire movie <laughs> all the time. So this is kind of the biggest part I think of the movie, which is like really what is something that I didn't realize until I watched it the second time. But Basically, Willem Dafoe figures out that when she says she's afraid of nature, what she means is that she's afraid of human nature. And that means that she's afraid of the evil nature of women, which is herself. So she's basically afraid of her own evil tendencies or like what she perceives as like an evil predisposition within herself. But it's more probably of like her own mental illness, I think. And also, like, she's blaming herself for her son's death because she makes comments. Right. She has a very, like, dichotomous character where she will be, like, manic and psychotic and angry and do all these bad things. But then five seconds later, she'll regret it. And I think she, I mean, we'll get to it, but, like, there's, you know, two sides to the story of what happened. But What? Yeah, the story of what happens at the beginning. Oh, I thought you meant at the end. (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) No. Okay. 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 Yeah. 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 I'm back on board. (laughs) So Willem Dafoe gets pissed about basically her saying that all women are evil. He's just like, that's, you know, he's trying to be rational and he's just like, that's absolutely not the case. And so he gets angry and then they have violent sex. Oh my God. <laughs> of course. Oh my God. It have... gets so obnoxious. I'm so sorry. Really? It's so fucking obnoxious to me because it's like, I get it. 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 I don't need to see butt cheeks that much. <laughs> like this movie isn't that long and half of it is in slow motion. You're right. So like, I'm done. I'm just, I'm like, okay, like enough, just enough. I honestly didn't even notice that it was happening that frequently. Like it definitely didn't bother me, the frequency that they were having sex. It's not, It like it wasn't even, it was like sad. Like it's sad. It's not sexy, just to be clear. And it's not intended to be sexy. <laughs> it's not intended at all. No. I mean, you see Willem Dafoe's butt, basically. That's not, the whole no, time. that is very sexy to me. Willem Dafoe's butt is great, but <laughs> Even so, nothing about this is is sexy. I just just feel like it's not telling me anything new. Each time it's telling me the same thing. Yeah. I mean, this scene in particular is pretty cool, though, because they are having sex. So what happens is they get angry. They she runs outside. She's naked 
running around in a tick infested wood for some reason. Always naked. She's pretty much naked. I don't think she wears pants like the inside. She poo bears it like half of the movie. Yeah. She's bare assed. Poo bear, (laughs) t-shirt only, no bottoms. (laughs) No bottoms. And she runs outside and she lays up against a tree and is fingering herself. Oh my God. And that's in melancholia too. She's doing that because her husband wouldn't hit her during the violent sex. Oh yeah. And she was like, then you don't love me and like kind of like beat him up a little bit and then ran outside. Yeah, you're right. So they're having sex and she pieces out because she's pissed because he won't hit her. And so she's fingering herself and then he comes, LOL comes. He comes outside. (laughs) He finds her up against a tree and then they start having sex and then he does hit her. She's like, hit me. And then he hits her, blah, 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 whatever. What the fuck, Ariana? Like, what the fuck? I mean, I don't feel like that's relevant to the allegory. It just presents a scenario in which she's descending into more violence and whatever. Okay. Yeah, but like that's been the whole fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think I think it's bigger than that. I don't think it's about that, though. I think it's bigger than that. OK. But OK. Anyway, the cool part about the scene is that they're having sex up against a really big tree and then it like zooms out and there's like people under the roots and you can see like their white hands grabbing up so there's just like body parts under this tree that are just like there all of a sudden which i think is really cool and i do think that part is a reference to the idea that nature is human nature so like the rest of this movie is like imagery of like people all of a sudden being in nature and like body parts being in nature and i think that's really cool because it's like meant to remind you of like what the whole point is i don't know I thought it was pretty cool. I like the visual. I thought it was a good visual. That's like, yeah, like what they use as like the the poster for the movie is that image. It's just really horrifying that like she's clearly unwell and he's also clearly unwell. Taking, yeah. And yeah, yeah. And it feels wrong and like sad and gross. This, ugh. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's the point, right? It's like watching two flawed people. It is the point. Make bad decisions. I mean. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, so this part's pretty cool. I like this part too. But basically, Willem Dafoe is, it's like the next day or something. And Willem Dafoe finds Nick's autopsy report. That's their their kid, yeah. Yeah, their dead toddler. He finds the autopsy report and he finds that the only reported abnormality on the autopsy was a foot deformity. And he's like, oh, that's weird. And then he's like looking back at the pictures they have of Nick. And he realizes that in all of the pictures, Nick's shoes are actually switched. So they're on the wrong feet. And then he has a flashback to a moment when she's putting Nick's shoes on for him. And he's like scream crying because I guess it hurts because they're on the wrong feet. Yeah. They're like boots. Yeah. And Willem Dafoe realizes that she's been putting Nick's shoes on opposite feet for his entire life on purpose because I guess she's evil or whatever or whatever. (laughs) Or whatever, which is a pretty crazy fucked up thing. And it's pretty interesting because it's like the whole time you're like, she's grieving. She's mentally ill because she's grieving. And then at this moment, you realize she's not innocent grieving. She's not mentally ill because she's grieving. She's mentally ill and she almost caused this. And now she's grieving like it was her mental illness, like goes way back further than this, where she was basically torturing her toddler from day one. Yeah. And one other thing to consider is if he had normal feet, if he had shoes, would he have tripped out the window? Mm -hmm. So she like definitely probably played a role in his death and definitely was torturing him Mm -hmm. in a small way his entire life, causing his feet to basically be malformed. 
Mm-hmm. But I'm also like, all right, sure. Willem Dafoe, where the fuck have you been? Have you not noticed yeah. that your entire life, your child's entire life, multiple years, like this kid was like a two-year-old. Your wife was putting the wrong shoes on the wrong feet. Like I'm confused how even in these pictures, you, men are stupid. <laughs> like, How do you not notice that? This is the moment I'm like, okay, I I don't think you give a shit about this kid. Well, that's the thing is, yeah. I mean, she even says like, you ignored me and Nick, like when we were, you know, last summer or whatever, like you were so distant. Like she has a whole conversation with him about how he's distant with him, with her and with Nick. And so I'm like, yeah, I mean, this is proof of that. You don't even notice these things that are obviously big things that I feel like most husbands and fathers would notice about their child. Yeah. Like their feet are deformed. I'm sorry. You didn't notice that the feet are deformed, <laughs> the feet are deformed. And also they're constantly wearing backwards shoes. Like what? what is going on? Yeah, it's very weird. Anyway, so that's like a new finding, which I think is pretty cool. Also, maybe whenever you leave your child unsupervised, you don't leave the window open. Yeah. And they had a baby monitor that was off. I don't know mm-hmm. if you saw that. Oh, I saw they, it. Like flashed it and they're like, oh, baby monitors off. The kid is in the room. I don't know. I, maybe the kid opened the window. The kid, no. There was like a breeze and the window opened. Oh, and the window opened. Okay. The kid opened the baby gate and they knew that he could open the baby gate. She knew he didn't. She knew that he could open the baby gate. And also they left their door open. Yeah, it's kind of awkward. It's just like, I don't know that you're good parents. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess that's the point, right? Like he's negligent and she's like got Munchausen's by proxy basically. Yes. So. I mean, clearly that's the case. Or she's evil, whatever. Whatever people <laughs> Who's say. Who's to say? Who's to say? Um, <laughs> so this is the best part. This is everyone loves this part. It's Kate's favorite part of the movie. No. We all love it. So prepare yourselves. <laughs> Kate's getting her notebook. She's ready to fucking scream about what I'm about to say. So I'm going to tell you what happened. <laughs> so basically. Because <laughs> now we're going into dis- chapter three, which is despair. Right. So now we're in chapter three. Which is despair. Yeah. So basically shit hits the fan this entire chapter. Basically, he she goes he goes into the woodshed. She meets him in the woodshed. She accuses him of wanting to leave her, which is like her theme this entire movie. Whenever she gets like mad at him, it's like, you're trying to leave me. And it's like, okay, that's a stupid thing for a woman to say. But all right. That's clearly delusional. Like she's clearly being she's clearly deluded. Yeah. I just am annoyed that that's like what they chose as like her reason for getting mad. But Oh, I have a lot of opinions about the things they chose to do with this female character. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. We'll talk about that Mm -hmm. because I agree with you. But so she yells at him, then she mounts him and like starts having sex with him and then gets off of him while he still is erect and then smashes his dick with this huge piece of wood and he passes out. (laughs) Kate's Actively this vomiting. is the point when Nick was done. Nick was so done at this point. He could not. Well, yeah, that's why. Remember when I texted you? I was like, please watch this with Nick. I need to see Nick watch this fucking movie. I saw that coming <laughs> because. Did you? I saw it coming because what, you forgot whenever she enters this cottage where her husband is, she enters it by smashing him with this this log. Just in she the back. She smashes him? Yes. Oh, she, in the back? She like oh, hits him in the that. back and is like all frenzied and crazy and like, you're going to leave me and like trying to beat him up and then starts having sex with him, which first of all, 
How is he getting an erection during these situations? That's what I was saying, too. I was like, why is he hard when she was literally beating the shit out of him two seconds ago? Why are you into it? Like, why, whenever your wife (laughs) asks you to hit her, you say, no, of course not. But then you go out and do it. Like, you know what I mean? You're like, well, wait, we're still going to fuck, though, right? No, it's because she goes, then you don't love me. And he goes, then I guess I don't love you. And then she ran away crying. So he followed her and, and hit then, her, I guess, hit her because she wanted whatever. I don't know. I don't know, Kay. I mean, it's complicated. Well, he gets his dick smashed. So he gets his dick fucking smashed. And then he blacks out. Yeah, he's passed out at this point, And she I'm going to throw up. I can't. Which I didn't realize men can finish when they're passed out. But anyway, so she like finishes him with her hand. Yeah, because we're not rapists. <laughs> yeah. She finishes him with his hand, which with her hand, which may be raping or whatever. But he ejaculates blood all over her, which is a fucked up scene. And this is the scene that everyone hates. This is the scene why if you're a guy, you've heard of this movie. This is why it's this scene, which is like male, you know, genital mutilation. Okay, sure. But like, what about the exorcist when we have a fucking 12 year old girl shoving a crucifix up her vagina? Why are we not more mad about that? I didn't like that either. I didn't like, I'm not advocating for that. All of it's gross. I feel like this is a very unique movie because there's, I can't think of another movie where they take like this, this far, but I feel like female genital mutilation happens a lot in, in a lot of other movies. Yeah. But with purpose, like what's the point? What are they trying to say here? Chaos. That's not enough. That's not smart enough. <laughs> you can't just say chaos and then do whatever you want to do. Like It's basically the epitome of BDSM. Like that's this whole movie is like them making it about violent sex, like sexual shit turning really fucking violent. And this is like the most violent thing that she can do to him. That's in a sexual manner to be clear ariana and i both understand that this is not what actual bdsm culture is like yeah yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. we understand that this is a horror art movie yeah yeah the only reason i said bdsm is because on a lot of forums people are saying that's what this is about but i agree no. i don't think that this is even close to what that is as a as a general don't yeah don't try this at home kids this isn't <laughs> i'm just saying this is the epitome of like her and what she's been doing all the entire time, which is like being violent towards him and then being sexual towards him and then being violent towards him and then being sexual towards him. She's literally having sex with him and then brutalizes his penis and then finishes him. So, I mean, it's it's basically what she's been doing this whole movie. Disgusting. Yeah. It's so gross. It's like it's so viscerally awful to watch. Ariana, this is the most <laughs> unpleasant experience I have ever had watching a movie ever. Really? I was so un- <laughs> uncomfortable grossed out i got physically nauseated at a couple of points i got angry really (laughs) yes oh wow the only movie i've ever felt that way about is um requiem for a dream which i think is also lars von trier or am i crazy no it's not there's no way no 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 there's no way there's no way oh no 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 it's um it's that other guy it's uh the other guy that i really like can't think of his name right now but of course of course you really like it of course of course (laughs) you like requiem for a dream it's the same guy who did mother of course it is. Darren Aronofsky. There it is. Yo, I promise Ariana is like a balanced person. Like that might be taking it too far. <laughs> that might be taking it too far. Yeah, I was going to say, I promise wait, what? She is an upstanding <laughs> member of society and not a public threat. I just want to say that because of the movies she likes. It's frightening. <laughs> and you wouldn't expect like this beautiful woman, this beautiful veteran, young veterinarian to be so into this 
fucked up shit. You love it. You can't get enough. I just think it's, I, I mean, we've said this before. I like being shocked, but in a way that's not like simple. Like I want it to be like something that I think about for days and I want it to be like very shocking. And that's my vibe. So this type of thing is shocking to me. Yeah, this is shocking. And this is something that you would think about for days. I would agree with you. Yeah, that's all I need. <laughs> if you're into watching Willem Dafoe's dick getting absolutely pulverized. Well, it's someone else's dick because Willem Dafoe's dick is too big. Yeah, it's, so. too, it's too huge and important. <laughs> it's, too, it's too huge and it's distractingly big. It's it's in the way. Lars can't, can't handle it. <laughs> he can't even focus. Cannot focus. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, like, I don't like tortury stuff, which the next part is tortury, and I don't like that part. All of the, this entire movie is tortury. Yeah. I mean, he's passed out, but yeah. Okay, here's the thing. You have a double standard. <laughs> you you have such a double standard, and I'm just going to say it, and I'm not even mad about it. What, like male or female, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Take this movie, just switch the characters, switch the he and the she, and I don't think it would be able to be released. I mean... You're right. That being said, I could name like 10 movies right now where the entire movie is literally just men murdering women. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I totally agree. Like that's the premise of all slashers. Totally, totally, totally on board. I think I agree. But this isn't that different. It's just more intellectual. (laughs) It's just got more allegories and it's a man. Yeah. So it's shocking and different. Like if this were a man doing it to a woman, I'd be like, okay, like we've all seen that. Ariana's not arguing it. She's like, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, you pointed out. Sure. But at the same time, like, I mean, even like slumber, like not that this is anywhere close. Slumber Party Massacre. It's literally just this guy with a giant ass drill chasing around women and drilling them. It's hilarious and fabulous and a work of art. Why is that funny though? The whole thing is funny. Out of context, if you just say a guy with a drill, you're like, yeah, that sounds stupid. But that's what I mean though. It's like, I feel like as a society, people are so much more okay and so much more used to seeing this the other way around. That's just how I feel about it. I think there's a difference between a PG-13 or even an R movie where a guy, a silent hulking figure with a machete or a drill or whatever is like hacking up babysitters. I think that's a little bit different than what's going on in this movie. (laughs) It is and it isn't though, because, okay. okay. I mean, he's killing like multiple girls, multiple of them are being almost tortured. And this is like, you know, he's passed out. Like, yeah, she does some fucked up shit now and everyone's going to fucking not agree with me after I tell you what she does next. But She does horrible things. Right, you know I what? agree. This next part is fucked up. I would maybe wait and, and say the next scene and then continue what you were going to say. <laughs> and then, we can continue and the then you can pick back up on that note. This part, this next part is really fucked up because it is very unique and there's not any other movies where men would do this to women. So I get it. Okay. I will tell you guys what she does next. But basically when he's passed out, so he can't feel this. She drills into his leg and then takes like a, here, I'll, I'll read you how I wrote it so that you can know. So basically, before he wakes up, she drills a hole in his leg and bolts a heavy grindstone, which is like this giant heavy stone used for grinding mill, I don't know, to his ankle and then tosses the wrench that she uses to like put it on under the house so that he can't like undo it and he can't walk because it's like heavy as fuck. So he basically can't go anywhere. So she hobbles him. She takes a hand drill that looks like it's from like the 18th century. Yeah, it's fucked up. And she hand drills 
through his leg. Nick also couldn't watch this scene <laughs> oh, Nick. all the way through and then like sticks her fingers in the hole. You're right. That's kind of all up. while his like brutalized penis is just like out. And she oh, and she's bottomless because she just is. She never wears pants. She doesn't like <laughs> pants. And I get that. And I can and I can appreciate that about her. But like she's a bad person. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with you. I think this scene is definitely torture porn. It is very torture porny. I agree. If this were a man doing it to a woman, I would be like, I'm not watching this. Literally, she jerks him off until he ejaculates blood while he's unconscious and then drills a hole in his leg. And then Ariana's going to say, I don't watch torture porn. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. It is torture porny, but he is passed out, which makes it a little bit better. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm saying because, you know, all I'm saying is there are movies where it's literally women getting like fucking tortured and just screaming. And that's literally the entire movie. I get it. I get your point. I think like, have you seen the movie Martyrs? No, that is literally the entire movie is women that are tied up and men just taking fucking like drills and just drilling it into their bodies. That is the entire movie and women awake for it screaming for more than an hour. That's made for serial killers. No. But there's a lot of shit like that. And it's just like, okay, I understand. Like, I'm not saying this isn't fucked up. Yeah, it is different. I'm just saying there's a lot of shit like this that goes both ways. And this is a unique situation because it's the opposite gender. I hear that. I hear that and I respect that. But also I agree. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. And I knew, I know I have a double standard, but. And here's the thing. I also have a double standard and I have 8 billion biases. Like every, everything I say <laughs> is opinion and I state it like it's fact. And then someone will give me a new opinion that I like better and I'll just switch. And that's fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. You're like, you've convinced me. In that moment, I feel like a hundred percent vindicated that that is true. Yeah. So I'm, I am heavily biased and that's, and it's fine to be biased and it's fine to have favorite movies that have torture porn in them, Ariana. That's totally cool. No, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> it's totally cool that's the thing though see this movie i agree with you it's artsy there's no true like i'm not watching this because i get okay let me back up for the movies where men are chasing around women with drills and with machetes and they're just killing babysitters like you said obviously there's like a very strong sexual undertone and i think that people derive pleasure from that watching it before the sexuality and the sexual undertones. And you can't argue with me because right. I will point out to you slumber party massacre. If you guys have not heard of that, look up the, look up the literal, like what they made for the movie theater. It's directed by a woman. It's a joke. It is a joke. But why is she, why is she making that joke? Because she's spoofing everything else that's done this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Agree <laughs> I'm just saying you. that's a very strong genre of horror movies and they do it for the sexual reasons. I disagree that that genre is sexual, though. It's not entirely sexual, but I do think that a lot of men enjoy it for that reason. I would be able to agree with you a little easier if you weren't using Slumber Party Massacre as an example, <laughs> which is like such a benign, hilarious, fun movie. That's, That's what I mean, though. Women. And then like this. We're making light of it. But that's what I mean, though. It's the perfect example because okay. it's a woman making light and pointing a finger at all these other movies that do it and making it jokey like they do. And it's like literally men just murdering women. That's literally the entire genre of what she's making fun of. And this movie is not doing it for that sake is the point I'm trying to make. This movie is doing it because they're like, hey, look, this female antagonist is doing these 
violent sexual things to this man because she's mentally ill and it's complex and it's emotional and it's not about the reasons that other movies are about the same thing with the role switched. I think (laughs) you can't take torture porn and make it black and white in slow motion and call it art. That's what I think. (laughs) I think that this movie is not that dissimilar from movies where people are getting drilled while they're awake. There, it, this is one of the most graphic movies I've ever seen in my life. Really? And we, it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. We haven't even talked about the most graphic scene, in my opinion, which is coming up. Mm. It's coming up soon. Oh, I forgot about that part. Yeah. How did you forget about that part? Why don't, why don't, we, why don't we tell him? Why don't we tell him? Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's defend you. Let's defend what you're saying. I mean, here's another example. The part that you're referencing even further strengthens my point, but I will, we mm-hmm. will get there. Okay. All right. So Willem Dafoe wakes up and he attempts to remove this grindstone and he can't find the wrench because she hit it. And he's dragging himself into the woods. I'm presuming to get away from her or to escape or to just leave. I don't know. He's freaking out. But he hears her in the woods screaming for him. So he chooses to hide in a foxhole. The foxhole that has been like foreshadowed 80 times. 15 times. Yeah. 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 The foxhole that was like two scenes prior referenced as like a reason why she's feeling better. Like there's a, there's like a a five minute scene where she's like, I feel better. I feel better. And she's running around the woods pretending to like play. And she like looks at a foxhole. She like pretends to go in it. And this is the foxhole that he chooses to hide in. It's also, she talked about the foxhole before they even got to the woods. I mean, when she's describing the woods in a like hypnotist, like when he's like basically telling her to meditate and think about the woods, Mm -hmm. she references the foxhole. Yeah. It's been referenced a million times. I think (laughs) it's because it's a foxhole and also because it's supposed to represent like female whatever. Is it? Yeah. Because he goes into the foxhole and basically we'll we'll figure out why. I'll, I'll, I guess, circle back to that. But so he's in the foxhole hiding from her. I love it though. His little feet are sticking out. (laughs) His feet are sticking out. He like can't fit all the way in. Um, But he... He finds a crow and it's like partially buried and partially alive in the foxhole. And the crow starts making noise and crowing and she hears the bird making the sound. And so she like is able to locate him. And the crow represents despair because chapter one was grief. It was the doe with the stillborn. Then chapter two was pain, which was the talking fox, um, the eviscerated talking fox. (laughs) And three is despair, which is just like a really obnoxious crow. Yeah. That Willem Dafoe, I'm I'm not joking. He beats this crow to death for like five minutes. Yeah, it's it's a pretty upsetting scene. He's like trying to get it to shut up. And so he's like trying to kill it, but he's like not doing a good enough job. (laughs) Yeah, you ring ring its neck. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I know I was going to say the whole time I was like, just ring its neck. This poor thing is like suffering. He's like smushing it. I know. I'm like, it's not a bug. Like, (laughs) just grab its neck and twist it. Yeah. Like a fox in a foxhole. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So she finds him and she tries to like get him out. And then she finds like a shovel and is trying to like hit him so that he'll come out. And he like doesn't come out. So she like starts digging above him. And she like, I guess somehow causes the foxhole to cave in. So he's like partially buried mm-hmm. alive. Mm-hmm. And then she immediately regrets it and starts like unburying him like right away. This is why I'm saying she's like a complex character because she like does these things and then changes her mind five seconds later and it's like i'm confused she's just 
not a very straightforward and easily understood person, I guess. But I guess he's like still alive. And so she's like dragging him slash helping him get back to the cabin. And she like legitimately cannot remember where she hid the wrench. And she doesn't, she can't, he can't get his thing off without the wrench. So he then asks if she's going to kill him. And she tells him that when the three beggars arrive, someone will die. And so this entire movie has been like animal allegory after allegory. And obviously the three beggars we've been referencing this whole time too. It's like the fox, the crow, the deer. It's overt. Yeah. So she says that. And then she has a flashback to when she was having shower sex. So this first scene and it's revealed like you see her face looking at the kid climbing up the window. Because the door's open. The door's open. She's watching her child climb up to an open window and like about to fall out of a window and like doesn't stop him and doesn't care. She continues to have sex. Yeah. So now we know that she's like been hobbling the kid the whole life um, and fucking up his feet and also actually saw him almost fall and didn't give a fuck. And then he fell. And then she cared. And then she sort of cared. And then she like sort of regretted it. I mean, there were like times where she was like, it's my fault. It's my fault. And it's like, are you being serious? Because she does have these moments of regret or are you doing this because you're scheming or manipulative or whatever? So, well, at first I was like, I think it's truly grief. Like, I think that she is ill, but at the same time, she made, she makes a comment where she, again, she's weeping because she's always fucking weeping. And she goes, a woman crying is a woman scheming. Oh yeah. A woman crying is a woman scheming, which yeah. I'm like, okay. Um. <laughs> and that's a very important line. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, so how much of this is like, are you saying that because this is actually a plan or are you saying that because you're not well? And also if you're not well, what exactly is going on? Like, what is this condition? Yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I have no idea. I have no idea if this is like her mental illness or if this is like her being evil or if I don't know what it's meant to be, honestly. Right. I wish I did because that would make me like this movie more, but it's annoying to me that I can't figure it out. Well, it's not that you can't figure it out. It's that there isn't a, there isn't a reason. So everyone, everyone has different opinions and different interpretations. This is a very interpretable movie because it's, it doesn't make sense. Like you can call it open, but it's not really open. Like they, they tell you everything that's happening and they explain everything except for, they just don't explain the woman. They don't explain the woman. They just kind of leave it. Yeah. That's what I mean. It's annoying to me that I can't figure it out. Like I want to, I want there to be a distinct answer and I want it to be very complex, but I want to be able to get to it. And I feel like I can't because it's not fleshed out enough. No, it's not fleshed out enough. I think, I honestly think, you know what? I'll get there in a minute. I'll get there in a minute. Cause we're not done. And we haven't even gotten to my least favorite scene yet. Here it's next. You tell him. Gross. Gross. So after we figure out that she watched her son fall out of a window and did nothing. And her husband is like in really bad shape on the ground with a bolt through his leg. Cause she has that flashback to her son. Then she goes to the kitchen and she grabs a pair of scissors and she lays down next to her husband and in a very graphic close-up cuts off her own clitoris yeah. with kitchen scissors and they show it. And they show it. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up, but it's like she does it right as she's remembering the moment when she saw her son falling out the window 
Ew. And then she starts fingering herself. And then she can't. So I think the whole time when she's trying to use sexuality to like distract her from her depression. And when she can't feel good from that because she's too depressed, then she's like, fuck this, fuck my womanhood. And then she cuts off her clitoris in that moment because she remembered that she could have done something. And it was like very much her fault that her son fell out the window. I think that's exactly what they're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So then it starts hailing outside, which is a reference to earlier in the movie when she was talking about how witches were able to summon hailstorms. The dialogue is so sparse in this movie that every single line that they say is basically foreshadowing. <laughs> like, You're right. Like, I'm like, all right. Like, as soon as she said that, I'm like, all right, there's going to be a hailstorm soon. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like that, though, because I'm I mean, I don't like it because it becomes predictable, but I don't like a lot of, I guess, random talking. To be clear, I am not calling this movie predictable. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't say that. I do think that Lars is a little heavy handed with the foreshadowing <laughs> and the allegories and the imagery and the symbolism. I mean, it's symbolism after sy- like the whole movie's not meant to be probably real. So, I mean, I feel like it's supposed to be something that is going to be all symbolism and all in your head or in their head. Like, I think all of this is fake. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Who's to say? Yeah. I mean, there's talking animals. Like, obviously, a big part of this is imagined. Yeah, and there's a and there's a lot of visual and auditory hallucinations throughout it. Like she hears yes the, a baby crying. There's a lot of visual hallucinations with the trees for both of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so now we get like the epitome of the allegory that we've been building up to. So then there's three animals that show up, and it's the three beggars. Guess which ones? <laughs> <laughs> it's the deer, the fox, and the crow. And the deer is the symbol of grief, fox's pain, crow's despair. The crow comes from under the house. Like Willem Dafoe's laying on the ground. He can like hear the crow under the floorboards. And so he breaks the floorboard to free it. And it happens to be right above <laughs> where the wrench landed when she flung it under the house. So yeah. he grabs the fucking wrench and is able to like remove this grindstone from his foot. Oh my God. Um, nasty, gross, gross, nasty. Yeah. And then she attacks him with her scissors and he strangles her to death. And it is very graphic to watch because it's like you can literally see her face the whole time as she's dying. And then he burns her body on a funeral pyre. So she's dead. So she's dead. So that's done. So that's done. (laughs) Um, And then the last scene is pretty cool. It's like Willem limping away from the cabin he like made like a makeshift splint yeah his leg that leg is fucked that leg is done the leg's fucked for sure um and he's limping away from the cabin and he reaches the top of a hill to rest and he's eating some berries and then he turns around and there's just like hundreds of blurred faced women in antique clothes and they're just like climbing the hill towards him and he's just standing there waiting and he's standing there watching them come towards him and then that's the end. <laughs> Kate's face right now, guys. She hates me for even putting this on one poll. You put it on three polls. Can you tell now why people were like, literally, this poll tied three times? Like this movie, there was literally three different polls and it tied every single time. <laughs> people are so conflicted. People are like, yes. And then people are like, no. <laughs> I had people write in to me and be like, Kate, don't do it. <laughs> 
<laughs> don't do it. I had a friend call me and be like, no way. Yes. And was like, I think this is, I don't think you need that. Oh my God. <laughs> that movie's fucked up. And like, I'm fine. Y'all, I'm going to be fine. I just like to complain. It's my favorite. Um, and I, and I especially like to complain about, um, Lars von Trier because I fucking hate him. Yeah. Also, we caught Kate right after she watched the movie. So she's like extra amped. <laughs> so I'm, I'm a little angry. <laughs> oh, my God. I want to learn about Lars, though. Tell me about all of his shit. Are you sure? Yeah, I want to know. OK, so Lars von Trier. First of all, the Vaughn is made up and he added it to his name. <laughs> oh, no, this is like a shit on Lars von yeah, Trier. Yeah. <laughs> Session. OK, yes, okay. it is. Gotcha. He added the Vaughn to make himself sound cooler in college, which is just embarrassing and dorky. And I judge him for it. In college? Oh, yikes. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so things to know about Lars. Lars is like a very, he's known for being obviously this like very provocative, um, but also very anxious person, like extremely anxious. He didn't have as heavy of a, first of all, I think he's a misogynist and I think he's a sadomasochist. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that makes him brilliant. I just don't think that's smart. The sadomasochist part? Yeah. I mean, or, or, and I think he's a misogynist. I think this was a super misogynist movie. I think he has a problem with women. I don't like how he depicts women ever um, in any of the movies that I've seen that he's done. I think that his movies are very one note. I've only seen two of them, but they're identical movies. Just one's more graphic. <laughs> it's the same trilogy, but yeah. Yeah, but like, do it a little different. You know what I mean? Two Towers is a little different than Fellowship. They're different stories. They're not just slow it's motion. different stories. Oh, my Melancholy God. Melancholy is about an apocalypse. Melancholia is 45 minutes of slow motion and more dead animals. And it's beautiful. Sure. Not the dead animals. It's the, the slow same motion. color palette. It's like blue, gray, and depressing. And that like that's the point. Anyway... That's um so not not only do I not like him because I don't I don't really like his work but I just hate him as a fucking person. So <laughs> I love this. It's like let me fucking shit on this guy. Fucking I'm hate him. Coming for you Lars. <laughs> oh my god, I hate him so much. So in an in, in an interview for the premiere for this movie, he uh -oh. called himself cuz he started to get criticism and he's like he called the audience at the Cannes Film, Film Festival guests. Because people were like reacting and like not all of them in a positive way to this movie. And so the press was like, hey, like, how do you feel about these people who don't like your movie? And he's like, I don't care what they think. Like they are guests in my movie. And then he called himself the best director in the world. Oh, that's dumb. Yeah, that's really dumb. Uh, also, he has been accused of sexual harassment. Oh, no. A lot. Like a lot. Oh, no. And based on the way he speaks, I am disgustingly like unsurprised he admitted that he mm. enjoyed and i quote slapping asses on set and felt disappointed that after the me too movement that he could no longer do so what the fuck mm -hmm. other claims of sexual harassment and overall just being a garbage person to his acting team we got nicole kidman making accusations <gasps> mm -hmm. in for dogville claiming that he's like there's a lot of accusations from the women that he's worked with the people i will i will say that he's just abusive like emotionally manipulative and like creepy um and like bullies them but nicole kidman claims that he stripped in front of her and then also like humiliated her constantly on set and i have a direct quote he stripped in front of her yeah because because nicole kidman has been in quite a few of his movies i think um and it's like this, there's like a divide with actors who work with him who either say he's brilliant he's an artist or say he's cruel and awful and she's kind of like on the fence. She says, Lars was gentle with me. He he was gentle and soft. 
And then he would beat me up emotionally when he felt he needed that. Yikes. Hate that. Hate that. That's uh, misogyny, I guess. That's misogyny, guys. And then Bjork. <gasps> yeah, Bjork is involved in this scandal. Fucking Bjork. She was working with him on a movie. And um, it was called like Dancer in the Dark. And they had like a humongous falling out. And she came out after the Me Too movement and was talking about all the shit that he did to her. Um, misogynist shit. She ended up like running into the woods and like eating her own costume. What? Mm-hmm. Eating her costume? She ate her costume in the woods. Wait, why? I don't know. What was her costume <laughs> made out of? I don't know. I, I don't know. What was it made out of? I don't know. Um, I don't understand that. Let's see. What else do I have here? Um, she said she, that he has the propensity for soul robbery. Um, let's see. Paul Bettany, who worked uh, on Dogville with Kidman, he says that his time working on that movie with him, he was eight, and I quote, eight enormously long weeks in the most depressing place I have ever been in my entire life. And then he just, he describes how horrified he was when he found, he found out that his hotel room was attached to Lars's hotel room. And he like tried to move the bed away from the wall because he didn't like that their heads were so close together, but the bed was bolted down. Like that's how much he disliked him. Sounds like he's just a shitty person. I don't know if he's a misogynist. I feel like he's just a shitty person. If I mean, he's pissing off everybody. He says he wishes he could go around slapping asses and he exposed himself to a woman. Oh, also, um, he made a Nazi joke and he was banned from uh, the Cannes Film Festival for a couple of years for that. Uh, for uh, that was during a press conference for Melancholia, where he said, "Yeah, I'm a Nazi," because he was talking about how he thought he, he thought his relatives were Jewish, but they're actually German, and so he called himself a Nazi, which is in America, in the states, like even we know that that's really poor taste. But Jesus Christ, like in Europe, no, like you, they, that's not something you joke about ever. Where is he from? He's from uh, where is he from? He's Danish. He's Danish. Okay, so he knows better than that. Yeah. And he got a lot of bad press from it. And he kind of, and this is where I get annoyed with him. Cause it's not like he has, it's not like he's putting his foot <laughs> in his mouth. Cause like, God knows I do that. I put my foot in my mouth all the time, but he takes pride in it. It's like, he's so proud of it. And he, he I have a quote. He said, I'm very proud of being persona non grata. I've never been that before in my life. And I think it suits me extremely well. What's persona non grata? Like people don't like you. Yeah. Like people don't like you. Like an unliked person. Oh, also, <laughs> I'm not done. Um, what was his name? Uh, he was an American actor. Who was it? In one of his films. Have you looked into his other films beyond this trilogy? No, I haven't. Okay. So one of them, it's a Danish film uh, called The Idiots. And it's about a, a group of adults who want to seek out their quote unquote inner idiot. And so they, to like release their inhibitions. And so they all pretend to have Down syndrome. What? And there's graphic sex. What? All of his movies, there's graphic sex. It's called The Idiots. What the fuck? I'll tell, and, this, and I'll, I'm just going to end on one thing. Oh, also, he, uh, he slaughtered a donkey in one of his movies, like in real life, slaughtered it. Jesus Christ. Just processing all of this. John C. Riley, who I love, and I was like, I had to read yeah, his name eight billion him. times because John C. Riley and Lars von Trier don't go together. <laughs> Yeah, like what was he in? He so he was he was supposed to be in uh, what movie was it? It became a it became like exclusively a Danish movie. Um, what was it? Manderley, Manderley. He was supposed to be in Manderley, um, but they were gonna slaughter. They did slaughter a donkey live, like on set, and he was like absolutely fucking not, and he walked off set. 
Oh. And this is what, and then John. obviously there was press around that, um, slaughtering a donkey. And there, <laughs> this is what he had to say. Lars von Trier goes, as it was explained to me, everything went by the book and the entire process was monitored by a veterinarian, which I'm so sorry. As it was explained to you, if you're the director and you're saying go slaughter that live animal for my film, you need to fucking be present. Also, don't do that. There's no need to do that. And then he says, we were very conscientious about that because we didn't want 70,000 American animal rights groups on our back. And then he oh, said, shit. we could probably kill six children for a film without anyone raising a fuss. <laughs> this guy is like a piece of shit. Doesn't fucking give a shit. He he's a piece. Of, but he but he's like riddled with anxiety mm. and depression. But then at the same time, he's like evil. Yeah. Damn, I wanted to like this movie so much. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Once again, men have ruined everything. Yeah. He seems like he's just a bad person in he's general. He's a really bad person. And what's annoying about it is he's still so... Eight Academy Award nominations. Eight. Wow. Eight. And I'll end with one... I'll stop shitting on him with one final, one final piece, which is something that Bjork said that I thought was really well-spoken. She said, you can take quite sexist film directors like Woody Allen or Stanley Kubrick and still they're the one that provide the soul to their movies. In Lars von Trier's case, it is not so and he knows it. He needs a female to provide his Oof. work soul and he envies them and hates them for it. So he has to destroy <gasps> them during filming and then hide the evidence. <gasps> oh, shit. And the main actress in Antichrist was very open at saying like he didn't really he like he, he was just coming out of his depression when he started filming this and he kept leaving because he wasn't feeling well and so he yeah. didn't really operate he wasn't he didn't operate the camera which he normally does so he didn't operate the camera for this movie um it wasn't really he didn't really provide any direction during the shoot either the main characters or the main actors were like yeah the film process was just like go do whatever oh fuck so he just kind of like wrote everything and then pieced out yeah yeah the only thing he did was write it and i feel like you have a lot of problems with like exactly what happened in this movie yes and i personally in a very biased way have a lot of problems with the writing in this of the story i don't like the story i don't think it's a very good story i agree with you i do also have a problem with like the misogyny of it all i think that bumped me out more than anything and i was trying to look into like the vibe behind that and like why specifically i you know why he chose to present women this way but i the only thing that I found was that was like close enough, but like obviously not relevant at this point because you just kind of like proved that he was kind of an asshole in general. But there was this one part that was like talking about how like he just disagreed with like how everyone, like all the critics would be upset when a movie would have like any kind of misogyny and he they would all like run to the defense of like women and the concept of like whatever so he said that he was gonna like make a movie that would like piss off critics because like the critics would love it for other reasons and then find themselves in a position where they're liking a misogynist movie that's the most egotistical bu misogynistic bullshit i've ever heard in my life yeah this guy's got incel vibes kind of pissed me off he's got mad incel vibes and yeah not i'm so I'm like don't judge a book by his cover but he looks yeah. like a fucking Danish incel and he acts like one. Oh, does he? Yes. <laughs> Damn yes. it. I wanted to like this movie. So well, I can still like you the movie. I don't like have to it. like the writer and director. <laughs> you can. And, and, and I remember you remember Rosemary's baby, like Rosemary's baby. Yeah. 
I have a very big problem with because I don't fucking like Roman Polanski and I'm not going to worship someone who rapes children. I'm just not going to do it. But I know I learned I really enjoyed I was able to appreciate that movie for like the producer, the main producer, which was William Castle for the acting for Mia Farrow, um, for the set design, for the story, which is a book and he did not write. You know what I mean? So there you can yeah. still enjoy it. I'm, we're not going to let him fuck this movie up for you. OK, OK, sounds good. I mean, I agree with you, though. I feel like there's like the allegories like I'm always here for an animal allegory. That's like what I'm here for. Yeah, like, but tell me three stories. of them. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me all of the, especially if they're woodland creatures, like I'm so into that. Like, tell me every, (laughs) every symbol, every, make everything you say relevant, make every single thing be a fucking symbol. Like, that's all I want from a movie, except these, all this shit did not go deep enough for me. Like it it wasn't fully fleshed out in my opinion. Like, I feel like I wanted, I feel like the male character was fleshed out enough to where like, I understand who he was and what he was doing and why he sucked, but I didn't understand why the woman sucked. Like I wanted to understand what was she evil? Was she mentally ill? Was she neither? Was she a witch? Like, tell me, like, I want to know, I want to know, I want it to be hard to figure out, but I want it to be able to be figured out. Like I just, I can't, I don't think there is a, I don't think there is anything for me to know. That is exactly what I feel too. And like, I immediately go obviously to Google. I'm like, what the fuck did I just watch? Yeah, like, I was like, someone explain it to me because like I felt like I got I felt like it was either very obvious or I had no idea what was going on. And that's it. Nothing in between. <laughs> yeah. And then it was like little things like whenever she has the flashback to her son falling out of the window again in slow motion, there's like a deer in the room in the background. And I'm like, I get it. You're like, I understand. Did you even see like the first scene on the desk that he stands up on, there are three trophies. Yes. One of them is a deer. One of them is a fucking crow. One of them is a fucking fox. And they're all labeled. And it's literally like... Yeah, they're fucking labeled. It's literally like statues of what they're going to reference. It says like pain, grief. I'm sorry, but can you even call it an allegory if you literally label it? I don't like the the concept of the allegory, but I like the idea of like him finding them in the woods in almost like a natural animal state that depicted who they were. That's what I liked about it. Okay. I wish it wasn't so ham handed. <laughs> I understand that. I think that this was overdone, but I liked if it I guess I liked this movie before I looked into it more and started noticing everything animal related. Like sure. I I when I first watched this the first time, I all I saw was like the deer with the miscarriage, like the fox with the, you know, evisceration. Like I liked that because I didn't notice everything else. And now when I rewatched it, I noticed everything. I'm like, okay, this is too much. I get that. And I feel like it's an experience and I can see this being like a good experience for you (laughs) in a twisted way. (laughs) Cause it's, cause it's different and you like things that are different and God help us. If I have to watch another stupid blockbuster horror movie that gets 20, percent on Rotten Tomatoes again like I it's it's good it's refreshing sometimes to get a different type of horror yeah and to get something yeah. that's more catered to your liking yeah it's like art horror yeah art it's horror. totally different uh I don't know I like where things are going in the horror community like I like that a lot yes. more of these types of movies are coming out girl you gotta watch Pearl I am telling you I am begging you to watch Pearl I know I've heard good things I've heard good things from multiple people I'm it's so excited fabulous we should cover it honestly on the podcast I mean I'd be down that's a trilogy too. There's only two of them so far. But. <laughs> what is X the first one? X is the first one and then it's Pearl and then I forget what the third one is that they're making. Okay. But I'm excited about it. Do you want to guess 
critical review. <laughs> Holy shit. I have no idea. I have because people think this movie is brilliant. It's divisive. It's so divisive. I uh, I, I don't know. Uh, let's say, are we going to do critics? Yeah, I'm going to say sixty five percent from critics. I'm going to say for audience, like twenty percent. Twenty percent. I don't see the average moviegoer enjoying this movie. Wow. All right. All right. She literally jacks off an unconscious man until he ejaculates blood that's only one part of it it's a it's a okay <laughs> ariana's like just for a minute it's just for like 30 seconds it's oh fine. my god horrifying um, critics 54 what did i say i said 65 65 oh i'm surprised critics didn't like it more because it's so artsy and everybody's obsessed with lars von trier well, I think obviously a lot of people have problems with him too, though. Okay. Okay. So, um, and then audience 55. People are split right down the middle, critics and audience alike. Wow. <laughs> some people like it, some people don't. Wow. Because yeah. the way Rotten Tomatoes works is it's not like they don't hand you a one out of 10 score and they say, like, rank it. They say, like, do you like it or do you not like yeah. it? And if you hit yes, then that's on your. So basically 55% of people said they do like this movie. So the majority of yes. on Rotten Tomatoes, at least. Yes. Damn. And critics, 54%. So that's like pretty close, that's like critics and, and audience. Actually way better than I thought it would get. So I guess good for you, Lars. No, fuck you. Fuck you, Lars. Fuck you, Lars. <laughs> well, that's not what I'm giving it. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to give it? You go first. Okay. Um, I mean, we, I've already talked about what I like about this movie, but yeah. I mean, I love symbolism. I like mm -hmm. the cinematography. I like the complex characters. I liked the allegories. I like that this took place in the woods because I'm all about the woods and, you know, animal creatures that live in the woods and witchy vibes for sure. Like witch references, like feminism references. I could have done with so much more witchy vibes. I know. I wanted more witch. Like they didn't even really say anything except for the hail, but yeah, hail was cool. And the women, all the witchy women climbing up the hill. Oh, the witchy women at the end that were all killed by men. Yeah, that's good shit. So, I mean, they like bring up gender, the gender in society. Like I like stuff like that that makes you like think about that. Um, even if it was, yeah, represented incorrectly, I think. I don't, I didn't like the misogyny behind it. I wish the female character was more fleshed out or I guess. I, I wish it was committing to one thing. I think it was too much. I think it was like mental illness, witchiness, evil, Satan. It's like, it's like, which one is it? Like, explain it to me. I don't understand. So, I mean, I really do still like this movie. Good. All that shit you told me about Lars pissed me off and made sorry. me sad about him. I'm sorry. Um, and now I'm like, oh, fuck. Now it really makes me hate the fact that her character was like, flawed in the wrong way yeah she was like either hysterical or she was yeah mutilating her own genitals yes it wasn't yeah i needed it to be committing and i needed it to have like a deeper meeting that was positive towards mm -hmm. women not negative mm -hmm. but, um i'm still gonna i'm gonna put all of that new stuff out of my mind and i'm gonna say what i gave it before just Go because i feel like i need to commit so i'm gonna give it a nine out of ten baby shoes <laughs> <gasps> that's <laughs> fucked up oh my god 
Oh my god! Oh, I just realized that she hobbled the son Both of them. and the husband. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think there's a is there a meaning symbol of like freedom and like because the whole time her thing was like you're leaving me, you're leaving me. So I think there was a lot of yeah. like imagery behind like freedom and whatever. So but that doesn't make sense because she lets her kid jump out of the fucking window. So like, but was she tied down by the child and now she's free? I don't know. Whatever, whatever. Wouldn't she be tying herself down by making his feet fucked up? I think she t- made his feet fucked up and then he died. So she was free of him. <laughs> a lot to think about. I mean, it, they weren't fucked up enough to where he couldn't walk at all. So he could have walked. He's going to be a somewhat normal human. He I guess. Th- I don't time. know. That x-ray they showed, it looked like he had a hoof. I was like, how did you not notice this? That x-ray was so burnt out. I was like, yeah. whose x-ray is this? Yeah. Also, who's doing x-rays during an autopsy? That's kind of strange. It's not normally I know, it's how it goes. Weird. Not normally yeah. how it goes. But um, I respect your vote. I respect the nine out of 10 baby shoes. And I get where you're coming <laughs> from. And I get the value that you see in this movie. And I do not fault other people for seeing value in this movie. That's part of the horror club is sometimes we don't like you didn't girl. We fought about signs. <laughs> we did not fight about signs, Kate. I had a normal reaction to signs. You're just so far in one direction. That's what this is. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. We're biased. Probably. We're so Probably. biased and nothing we say matters. But I love that people listen to us say it. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thanks for listening to us talk about nonsense for two hours. So I feel like I've uh, beat this dead horse (laughs) enough. (laughs) So I'm just going to say the things that I liked about it. I think the acting was fabulous. I think the art was pretty. I thought it was pretty (laughs) to look at. the art was pretty. (laughs) I am dying. I thought it was pretty. It was pretty. I like, (laughs) I liked the witches at the end. Witchy shit at the end. Witchy shit at the end. I liked that. Yeah, I guess that's it. So I'll give it a, <laughs> a one out of ten. <gasps> really? Will- Willem Dafoe butts. Yes. Oh, fuck. <laughs> one out of ten. Oh, shit. One out of ten. But I'll tell you what, Ariana, you do have a bargaining chip. Oh, my God. You knew. Don't act surprised. No, I'm just I'm still processing your one out of ten. Girl, you know what it actually says on my Google Doc is zero out of 10, but I'm being ah! nice. <laughs> oh, my God. You really hated every part of it. I guess you hated it more than you liked the things. And that's why you ranked it so low, right? I think that just because something is intense, I think it's very easy to be intense. It's very easy to be shocking, but that doesn't make it good. I don't think it had a very cohesive theme. Um I thought, it, I thought it was trying to be way too many things and kind of doing them half-baked. And instead of just picking a couple, they just kind of made the ones that they had really violent. And I don't have a problem with violence. Like, I watch plenty of violent movies. House of a Thousand Corpses is one of my favorite horror movies. But, like, there's, like, a point to it. And, like, there's a story that I'm following. And there's, like, an arc for the characters. And I feel like the main female character didn't really get an arc at all. Yeah. She was the same at the end as she was at the beginning. Um, I thought the symbolism was just over the top, just way over the top and in my face. And I'm like, I fucking get it. Jesus Christ. I, I love don't, it. I do not like unsimulated sex in movies. I'm just going to say it. I think it's only there for shock factor. That's the only reason you would need to show a P going into a V. You know what I mean? I don't know if it's shocking though. I, I think, I think that we have very differing reasons for watching horror movies 
And I think that this is the type of horror movie that makes that very apparent. Yes. I feel like your type of horror movie is like fun and like goofy and like scary, but like in like a, I don't know, like you describe your favorite type of movie. The Thing, American Werewolf. Yeah. Like it's like fun. It's like high energy. It's rewatchable. I like high energy. I like rewatchable. No, but I like, I like a slow burn. I love a slow burn, but it's too much slow-mo, Lars. It's way too much. You do, you're using slow-mo way too much for this movie. Oh, I love this slow-mo. Enough slow-mo. Like enough. <laughs> my favorite parts. I think me and Kate have very different reasons for watching horror movies. Cause I agree with every single thing you just said in regards to why this movie isn't a 10 out of 10 for me. Like you're like, I don't think the female had an arc. I think that this was very ham handed with the allegories. And I agree with all of that. That being said, like I used to like, it. I'm going to, yeah. yeah. At a baseline, this is my vibe. Like I love like dark, depressing shit that makes you think and has like a lot of symbolism and like throw in some religious devil shit. And I'm into it. Like, this is like my vibe. If if they had created a scenario in which the woman had a opposite view where they created a scenario where she was like the, not a misogynist way of <laughs> making a movie. Like, but that's such a big thing. Like The misogyny is like the worst. I can't believe that doesn't bother you more. This movie reminds me, I'm not going to give too much away, but this movie reminds me of a very recent A24 movie, except it's the opposite. I know exactly which one you're talking about. It's I'm not going to say it here. I'm not going to say it either, but it's a very, almost the same exact thing, but it's like, it's talking about gender in society, but it's giving the opposite message. And that's why I really like that other movie. And I don't like this one 100%. I get that. And also, yeah. hey, I like I like scary stuff. I like dark stuff. I like twisted stuff. Yeah, but it's always like um like uh I don't know. It's like it's like hard to explain. It's like high energy and like scary, but like the same kind of scary. And I don't know how to put it into words. That's why I'm hoping I disagree. Can- I don't I think I like a lot of different types of horror movies. I just don't like I am not an elevated horror person. I just think it's that simple. Okay, maybe that's it. Maybe because elevated horror is so specific. Elevated horror is, is very niche and controversial. Yeah. But yeah, I, I like you like different types of movies. I like different types of movies. I just I know hate I this know. one. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I guess. I guess though, like we do overlap a lot, but we do. it has to be. We we very yeah. we very much will sit on the couch and throw a Hulu horror movie on and have a really good time. You know yeah. what I mean? Because like I mean. For like elevated horror, I guess that could come into like Hereditary and Midsummer, and we both really and like I that fucking type. love those movies. And yeah. those are long, slow, very thought provoking. Yes, like, it's just this one's too much. <laughs> too much, yeah. Just too much. I, Lars. I don't know. I'm into it. This is my and, vibe. And, and you get a you have a bargaining chip. Carly pointed out on Patreon. She's I hate that she did it, but she was like, "Hey, Ariana, don't you have a bargaining chip? So I'm gonna let you slot this where you think it deserves to be slotted." Oh God. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to take your one into consideration, but because we need to make, we need to make some sort of, um, definitive decision. I will still use my bargaining chip, but not to the degree that it needs to abuse it. And I appreciate that. I want to abuse it. Yeah. Cause I understand. Let's go to the scoreboard. Okay. 
So if you guys want to go see our scoreboard, it's nightlighthorrormovieclub.com backslash scoreboard. Um, or just go to our website and just kind of poke around. Ariana made it. It's super cute, super sexy. We love it. But <laughs> the scoreboard is where we rank all of the movies that we've seen. And it's a mess, but it's the best we can do. And we rate it from best to worst. And so right now we have 86 movies on there. All right. 86. And I gave it a nine and you gave it a one. So average of that would be like a five. <laughs> um, so let's maybe put it like a little bit in the middle, but kind of towards the top um, okay. because I'm using my <laughs> bargaining chip or whatever. So we'll put it on the upper end as my bargaining chip. Hey, what about raw? Did you see raw? Love raw. Love okay. It. Yeah. I love raw too. Raw is number 56. How do you feel about this compared to raw? They're both European elevated. Gory. I like this more than raw. Okay. So it's going to keep going. Also, up. this is 56 is not in the upper end of 80. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's like, you can use your bargaining chip. How do you feel about putting in 50? <laughs> Ridiculous human. All right. Let's go to the thirties and forties and find somewhere to do this. Okay. Oh, the witch. Oh, we have the witch. Mm-hmm. The witch is similar. How do you feel about this versus the witch? I didn't like the witch, but I like the witch a lot better than this. I think you the, didn't witch, like the witch, I, I, the I like the witch. I like the witch fine. Like I like the witch. Okay. I think I gave it like a seven. Oh dear God. Uh, wait, no wait. I think I really like the witch. See, that's the thing. Like I don't even really remember. <laughs> what? I don't even really remember. You're like, it. no, I hate it. Wait, maybe I like, I remember pieces of it that I fucking loved. And the rest is all just kind of like gray. Oh, uh, it's so good. Okay. Well, you I like, really you, like, you the like them gray. You like a nice gray. That's what I mean. Like, I think dim. I think there's a very big part of what I like about horror movies. That's like moody, very niche, depressing and depressing. Yeah, and, you like it depressing. Yeah, that, dark. that's okay. it. Let's just it's not elevated. It's not this. It's not that. It's literally you like depressing shit. I do. I like depressing shit. Yeah, it's that's where I'm at. OK, and I can't handle Let's it. Say, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, OK. Babadook. What about Babadook? That's 21, girl. We're going pretty high. I'm not on Babadook. You're on Babadook. <laughs> I know, I know. But you comp- You were talking about, you mentioned the Babadook earlier. So I'm saying like, how do you feel about it? Better or worse? Oh, oh. And it, it, it's like Babadook, Midsummer, and Hereditary all in a row. I liked Babadook more than this because it was more traditional horror and I was scared more than I was in this movie. This movie didn't scare me really. Mm-hmm. No. Okay. So <laughs> how about Midsommar? You're just like, No. <laughs> <laughs> I like Midsummer more than this. Okay. Hereditary. Where are you with Midsummer? Where's that at? We're in the 20s. Oh, I'm in the 30s. So you can come down to the 30s with me if you want. Oh, thank God. Okay. <laughs> um, How about between Autopsy of Jane Doe and Shaun of the Dead? That's a compromise because that's we're still in the middle, but a little bit above the middle. Have you seen Misery? No, I haven't. Oh, that's a shame. I think you'd like Misery better than this, but that's okay. You like this better than Bly Manor? You love Bly Manor. No, but your Bly Manor is way too low. It so is that's way too the problem. low. It is a problem. <laughs> it is a problem. The reason I'm picking Jane Doe is because I feel like that was a similar witchy, dark movie that had like a complex female character. Totally that... different movies, but sure. They're both dimly lit. <laughs> it's about men like fucking with women though it is it is that's true that's very true okay and i will say so it uh, right above autopsy is silver bullet which is a movie that i adore but i understand that that's an extreme bias and i and people are gonna hate it 
but I would still be, I'm still like, that's where it should be. You know what I mean? So like, I know I've used my bargaining chip. So now we're going to put this one at number 35. Very respectable. Very yeah. high. Right um, in the middle. Right. That's not the middle. <laughs> There's 87 of them. Okay. What's the middle of 87? Five. 15, 35, 43. <laughs> it's pretty good. All right. So it's six away from right in the middle, Kate. <laughs> Just like, oh my God, just like Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> right. That's what I mean. It's it's a divisive movie. I love it. You hate it. And we're putting it right in the middle or six away from right in the middle. I'm okay with that. I can live with that. Okay. Okay. I would say <laughs> I can sleep at night, but I can't because you made me watch this movie. All of you made me watch Yay. this movie and I forgive you. <laughs> I forgive you. You're forgiven. You know, half the club really tried to not let they this did. win. I thought it was very sweet how, like, some people were really gunning for killer clowns. They're like, no, please let Kate do killer clowns. But guess what, guys? We are going to do killer clowns. We're still going to do it because we're still gonna do it. we couldn't do another poll where this tied. So we're like, fuck it. Let's just do both. We're doing both. And that is why I'm OK today, because I get to watch some <laughs> goofy ass nonsense from the 80s next. And that's my favorite. And I can't wait for Ariana to shit all over it. I can't wait. It's going to be fabulous. So yeah, this this went exactly as I thought it would. Um, So if you guys enjoyed this episode, uh, please write in. Tell us. We like to hear that stuff. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. And if you don't mind, please write a review on uh, wherever you get your podcasts, like Apple Podcasts. And we do have a new one. Oh, really? Wow. So I want to give a big ass shout out to our very own Pykel Myers for... A lovely review that made me so happy on Apple Podcasts. It says, the title is Love the Club, hashtag, we all famined the club. (laughs) So sweet. That's very sweet. And he says, the Nightlight Horror Movie Club is an amazing show. It's done with heart, intellect, and grace. Each week, another episode covers a new movie and goes into the making of box office and critical success of a horror film, or at least horror-related On other weeks, the club dives into interesting topics such as folklore, spooky science, or true crime, all in good fun and done with insight and love. This is the most welcoming and thoughtful podcast in the horror genre. Long live the Nightlight Horror Movie Club. A hundred years, the Nightlight Horror Movie Club. Nightlight Horror Movie Club forever. Oh my God. (laughs) Michael, I just want to say I got off of a really long shift (laughs) and I opened my email and I was having a bad day and I saw this review and I cannot explain to you like I almost cried like it meant so much to me. I'm just so glad that we have this club atmosphere where everyone like has input and thoughts and feelings and they agree or they disagree. It's very interactive, very interactive, very inclusive. Anyone's welcome because in the club, we all fam. And we have a new club secretary. So a club, our club secretaries, our club treasurers, our club vice presidents, they have um, voting power over on our Patreon, which you can find on our website. And we have a new club secretary, Annie. She's from Dallas, Texas. Howdy, Annie. Do you know who that is, Kate? Huh? That's my brother's wife. Shut the fuck up. Oh, my God. (laughs) Annie. Yeah. I love you, Annie. Thank you so much. That's so cute. Oh, my God. That's so cute. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Well, thanks, Annie. You the best. And thank you, Michael Myers. And thank you to everyone who listened to us for two hours today. Oh, my God. It was a lot to unpack. Because it's fun. Yeah, but it was fun. I had fun doing it, right? Like, yeah. I'm traumatized. I'm so emotionally exhausted. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This has been a big day. So on that note, I'm going to go have a glass of rosé. 
Um, Same. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> and you guys, I just need you to stay spoopy. Stay spoopy. Stay spoopy.